Hey, it's Daryl here, and I have an announcement. Soccer 101 is back. Remember Soccer 101? It's our spin-off show launched in July full of timeless soccer content. Well, Soccer 101 returns tonight, that's Thursday, November 7th, with the first episode of Season 2. The topic? Our all-time US Men's National Team 11. It's a banger, as they say, to get Season 2 started. We go position by position and each nominate a player for our all-time 11, getting into lots of US Men's National Team history along the way. To listen, just subscribe to Sucker 101 wherever you listen to podcasts. Before we get to today's sort of roster release, lend me your ears for 30 seconds while I try to talk about lingerie without being awkward. That's right, today's Total Soccer Show is sponsored by Enclosed. The holiday season is fast approaching, and if you're looking for something different for your significant other, why not spice things up by getting them high-end lingerie from Enclosed? We said high-end because we're not talking department store or Victoria's Secret. We're talking proper high-end products, and with the Enclosed size guarantee, you can't mess up. Basically, Enclosed will do all the work, and you take all the credit for your excellent gift-giving skills. So go to enclosed.gifts and use the code TOTALSOCCER at checkout, and you get $35 off any multi-month order. One more time, that's enclosed.gifts, G-I-F-T-S, and the code is TOTALSOCCER for $35 off any multi-month order. If you can't remember that, the link will be in the show notes. Think I did it? Now, on with the show. Welcome to the Total Soccer Show. My name is Daryl Grove and I'm joined by a man who's full of performance enhancing drugs. His name is Taylor Rockwell. Hello. Hello. I wish I wish I were. I wish I were f- fully medicated. The medication has worn off, which maybe explains if I sound a little stuffy nasally, that's why. A little nasally. Mm-hmm. Just got a bit of a German cold. Yeah. <laughs> a special German Soon cold. Soon to be a Seattle cold. That should help. The, se- the <laughs> Seattle climate tends to help when you're sick is what I've You're going to spread it coast to coast. It's going to be great. <laughs> we are here to talk about Mm-hmm. The most confusing roster release in U.S. men's national team history. Yeah. I don't quite understand anything. That's Fair happening. to say. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna help our listeners understand. We're gonna work it out as we go. Sure. Um, so what? Last week, October thirty mm-hmm. first, um, Greg Berhalter named twenty major league soccer players for a U.S. men's national team camp. Mm-hmm. Today, he named nine European based mm-hmm. players, um, and on Monday, he's going to name the final. 23-ish man roster, which will also include the players involved in MLS Cup, right. so Seattle and Toronto players. So you've got 20 plus 9 plus question mark from MLS Cup yeah. minus uh, people that get removed minus some uh, younger players equals our final roster, Yeah, oh, There's also a U23 roster, yep. which we've, we've heard certain players who are at camp will already be going to the U23 roster. Right. So we're going to try and we're going to try and work this out. Mm-hmm. I guess first thing we should do is maybe uh, let people know who's on the roster. Sure. Should we start with the 20-man roster? Yeah, that works. Um, okay, uh, so goalkeepers on the 20-man roster, Taylor, who mm-hmm. are they? You've got Brad Guzan, you've got Sean Johnson, and you've got Matt Turner. Richmond kicker's own That's right. Matt Turner. Well, formerly Richmond kicker's own. Well, the revs claim him, but he did his best work in Richmond. Okay. He was busiest in Richmond. I'm not sure any of that is true, but yes. <laughs> maybe the, the last part. part. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, how about defenders? Let's go fullbacks on the, the, the current MLS heavy uh, MLS training camp that Berhalter has been overseeing. Yeah, you've right got, backs. You've got uh, Reggie Cannon in there. You've got uh, Nick Lima in there as a possible right back as well. All right. Uh, so those would be from the MLS ones. Do you want to do it like that? You want to go by position by position? Yeah, MLS I think players? it's the best All way right. to break it down. Yeah. All so right. Cannon and Lima are in camp, mm-hmm. and then on the left side yeah. we've got Daniel Lovitz uh-huh. and. Chase Gasper, right. who I was not very familiar with. Mm-hmm. I assumed he was some sort of 80s action TV star. Uh-huh. Um, Chase Gras- Gasper, Minnesota United left back. Mm-hmm. We had a good look at um, his recent performances and his, I'm going to say his story. Mm-hmm. And we're somewhat impressed. Fair to say? Yeah, I mean... Or that, not, not I would, unimpressed? I, I, yeah, I guess that's where I am. I'm not unimpressed. Okay. I, I think at this point, I, I am further maybe negative than you are on all things U.S. men's national team. And so to me, watching the footage we saw of him, he seemed like a fine left back. He seemed like he could get forward. Yeah. Is he going to be a solution to some of the problems we've identified? I don't know. So I guess we'll get an opportunity to see. But like, yeah, he seems fine. But it's yeah. certainly not the like, oh, okay, now well, I'm excited to see his electrifying performances. Fair, yeah, fair enough. I think I think we can at least say he's an upgrade on Daniel Lovitz I from mean, what we've seen in a men's national team jersey. I mean, that said, if he gets dropped from this squad and Daniel Lovett stays, then I guess Greg yeah, yeah. would disagree. All right, well, I'm not really looking for like mm-hmm. positive. I'm really honestly thinking of there are going to be people listening to the show yeah. who have never heard of Chase Gasper until they've just heard his name. Mm-hmm. So I want to give them a rough impression of him. Sort of... Um, Putting aside everyone's feelings about the men's national team in general and Greg mm-hmm. Berhalter in general, um, Chase Gasper had a bit more than I expected for sort of a ra- what I thought of as a random MLS player no. named to a roster. So what was the bit more? Um, I really liked um, – he looked pacey. Mm-hmm. He looked willing to join the attack for Minnesota United. Mm-hmm. And he also looked capable of defending. So mm-hmm. he just seemed to be – but a bit of an all-roundy type player, right? Yeah. Which – who I think could contribute something. Yeah. He also had a bit of a story. It seemed like he what, went through college – uh, was on the Minnesota roster this year, wasn't involved until the second half of the season. And he's on this sort of weirdly meteoric mm-hmm. rise, right? He's established himself as the Minnesota left back and now he's in a men's national team camp. There we go. Yeah, yeah. so uh, a solid all-around end of the season for yeah. him, even if it meant uh, exiting the playoffs at home to the Galaxy. Yep. Uh, that was the game we were paying attention to where, yeah, he seemed like he did a good enough job defensively. He was capable of being physical. He knocked over Zlatan a few times. Zlatan didn't appreciate that. And then to your point, yeah, he gets forward down that wing. Uh, Likes the Cruyff turn, like the cutback and he then try to play the ball you, inside. You thought maybe a little too much? Like, like even after watching like, yeah. just this one game, you thought maybe it was predictable it was that telegraphed. that was his move. It was a little telegraphed yeah. at times. Do you yes. think you could take him, right? Uh, no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, Centre-backs. Mm-hmm. Centre-backs. Who's in the, uh, the 20-man MLS camp? Uh, it looks like we've got our friend Aaron Long and we've got yep. Walker Zimmerman as your two uh, MLS-based centre-backs. Okay, which means there'll be uh, two uh, mm-hmm. Euro-based centre-backs named uh, today. Uh, then, moving into midfield, you've got um, a lot of well, youngsters. Well, we should back up for a second because Mark McKenzie is in there. The reason oh. why we're not including him is because uh, Mark McKenzie, Brendan Aronson, uh, Georgie Mihailovic, Jeremy Abobase, and Jonathan Lewis were all yeah. included in this U-20 roster, but uh, I guess U-20 we, roster? Uh, excuse me, in this 20-player roster. roster. Yeah. But then we know that they're going to like leap, be departing to spend time with the U23s yes. for Olympic qualifying. Brian Chiretta so, has confirmation of that. Yeah. Right. So that's why like Mark McKenzie is theoretically a center back, but that's why we're not including him in this sort of round of position assignments because we know he's going to be gone. He's not going to be with the senior mm-hmm. team. Okay, moving up to, let's call it the number six role, yeah. the sort of defensive midfield or more likely um, tempo setting Greg yeah. Bayhalter role. Yep. 
It's Will Trapp and Jackson Yule. It is. Come it on is. down, guys. Uh, but Michael Bradley, uh, likely to be included, but is one of the MLS uh, Cup yep. play- players. We'll get to them a little bit later on, but worth noting that. Yeah, so it seems like it will be Yule and Trapp maybe battling it out, or it has been battling it out in camp. And maybe they both be. stay on the roster. Yeah. Maybe we see more of Will Trapp like, not getting playing time, but still being involved, and Jackson Yule being the one who deputizes for Michael Bradley. But we expect it to be Michael Bradley, and then some combination of Yule and Trapp. And then like you said, uh, Brendan Aronson mm-hmm. and Georgie Mihailovic own that 20-man camp but they'll definitely be going to the U23s. The one guy who looks like he might have a shot, he's on this 20-man MLS roster and might have a shot at the final roster, Sebastian Legette. Mm-hmm. Sebastian Legette is there in midfield. Yep, uh, as, as your possible number 10 then. Uh, in terms of your number 8, we don't know for sure because uh, no one on the, in the 20-player camp seems like they would fit that like, responsibility. Oh, that's true, that's interesting. It seems like it's going to be mostly Europeans and possibly uh, Christian Roldan. Yep. So then we move to your more attack-minded players and we would assume that it would be on the left wing, Paul Ariola and Corey Baird. Those guys uh, are in the roster? Yep. yep. Uh, and then Jesse Zardes of the of the 20-player MLS-based would be the center forward. Uh, and then that's kind of it in terms yep. of the attacking options. Because yeah, we quickly mentioned them. Jonathan Lewis is on this roster. We'll go to yep. U23s. Jeremy Obobese on this roster. We'll go to the U23s. Right. So there's your 20. That's mm-hmm. like a base group that Greg Bellhelter has been working with. Yep. Um, I'm actually not sure. I can't remember the location, but he's been working with them in camp in preparation for this candidate game. Right. And then today, mm-hmm. today we got a nine. It was going to be ten. It was going to be ten. Euro-based players. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll quickly run through them. Just sure. the names, okay? It's uh, Tim Ream, Sergio yep. uh, Dest, DeAndre Yedlin, Alfredo Morales, Weston McKenney, Christian Pulisic, John Brooks, Josh Sargent, Tyler Boyd. We think number ten would have been Zach Steffen. Yep. Apparently, he has knee tendonitis. Interesting. And so he's out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm slightly confused by that one because, I mean, we literally talked to Zach Steffen this weekend. We saw him. He played. He seemed fine. We didn't see ice on the knee or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Tendinitis is overuse as far as I understand it. So yeah. maybe that's the case that it just kind of like flared up in training. And so they've decided uh, not to give him a go this time. But I, my assumption is going to be that he's going to be starting this weekend for Dusseldorf. So well, that would be interesting. Yeah, I guess if he is. Oh, that's weird. If he starts for Dusseldorf this weekend yeah. and then isn't on the roster. Because it's worth remembering, as Daryl often points out these are competitive games this is the CONCACAF Nations League so it does matter this is a very important game because if the United States does not get all three points against Canada they're in a spot of bother they'll be finishing (laughs) second at best in the Mm -hmm. CONCACAF Nations League so to not include him is a bit of a head scratcher, so I mean, we're going to assume we're going to go Ben for the I'm doubt. Take here and it say at face value. Right? It must be injury. Yeah. yeah. All right. So Zach Steffen not included. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to talk about who else wasn't included, or do you want to talk about who was included? I mean, I guess we should probably focus on the ones who were included and get to the the uh, absentees later on because okay. we can kind of fill in some spots that we've already talked about. Uh, for example, we think based on the numbers that we've seen, this means that Tim Ream is probably going to be more of a center back than the yeah. kind of left back becoming a center back. And actually, as think seen in the past the big evidence for that is that there's no Matt Miazga. Right. Right. So one of the four centre backs will probably be Tim Ream. So it'd be yep. Ream, Brooks, Zimmerman, mm-hmm. Long, your four final four final centre backs. And I feel like Brooks might be the one I'm most excited for of all yeah. the players we're gonna talk about just because he has been injured so frequently mm-hmm. for the US that it's nice to see him back in there. Yep. We have our kind of first choice, in my mind at least, starting centre back, finally included, just not going on, home. We'll see what somebody. happens this weekend. Yeah, please yeah. stay healthy, John mm-hmm. Brooks. Please stay healthy, John Brooks. And then this is where your defense gets uh, like as I said 
more rounded out, but also at the same time slightly confusing because we would assume DeAndre Yedlin is going to be uh, competing for that right back spot, which leaves uh, Serginho Dest as potentially yeah. a right back, potentially also a left back. Yeah, and if he does play left back, mm-hmm. then it changes the shape of the entire U.S. men's national yep. team, right? Because it used to be it was Tim Ream or Daniel Lovitz being left back. Then when the team goes forward, that left back becomes left centre back. Mm-hmm. You can't ask Serginho Dest to do that. And if you do, it's a waste of Serginho Dest's talents, right? Exactly. Serginho Dest is all about mm-hmm. getting forward from left back. Yes. So I think we might see a U.S. men's national team with two attacking fullbacks. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's the big change Berhalter's going for against Canada. It's possible. But yeah. I mean, haven't we seen that before? We saw it against uh, Mexico and Uruguay. Mm-hmm. Not so good against Mexico. Yeah. Decent against Uruguay. Yes. Yeah. A Uruguay team who sat off. If Canada press, yeah. I have my concerns. Mm-hmm. But it also means we have, uh, if everybody fits in right now before we have cuts and everything, we have three right backs and three left backs, mm-hmm. which maybe also shows that Berhalter is maybe experimenting with that position and trying to get some things sorted out there. Again, that we only have four center backs, not including uh, Mark McKenzie, to me means yeah. he's going with more conventional slash attacking fullbacks than one who's going to stay home the whole game. Here's my guess is mm-hmm. that Chase Gasper uh, doesn't make the final roster but is in this current camp yeah. as almost like a stand-in mm-hmm. for Serginho Dest in that he's a more attacking left back yeah that makes some sense right and then also maybe he's someone who he might be interested in in the future I think so but I also kind of like that logic makes sense and then is simultaneously frustrating to me because if you're going to bring in an attacking fullback because you want to see attacking fullbacks as an option and if he performs well then why take him out just to have Daniel Lovitz there where you know what Lovitz kind of brings yeah. to the equation? Yeah, I might be wrong. Maybe the final roster is Dest and Gaspar. And, I don't think and you there's are. no Lovitz. <laughs> I think... Lovitz is in quote-unquote the group. There it is. Yeah. Exactly. That's kind of yeah. what it all comes back to. Um, mm. And then and then some of the other names, as I mentioned previously, we didn't have as many number eights uh, from that, like the 20 MLS players. Yep. That's where we think this gets filled out a bit more because uh, Weston McKinney coming in, Alfredo Morales coming in, they most likely are going to yeah. be the players uh, who will be competing or like alternating spots there let's talk about Alfredo Morales sure. um, in the past people had suggested well, maybe Alfredo Morales and we thought uh, he's a little too aggressive sometimes mm-hmm. and like his passing is slightly wayward um, we've recently been converted to the church of Alfredo Morales <laughs> um, and I would say one I mean we watched him play and we're really impressed with his combativeness mm-hmm. in midfield and two I would say the game against Canada um, I would take overly aggressive mm-hmm. versus the sort of timid yeah. midfield that we that midfield performances yeah. that we saw against Canada on yesterday's show we, had we the want question, some punch yeah uh, that's why like we had the question yesterday about like which uh, like former national team player would you love to bring back to have in their prime and my answer was Jermaine Jones because I want a bit of fight and I want a bit of steel yeah. in that midfield Alfredo Morales brings that on and off the field we saw yep. him in the post-match presser he just stared straight at the reporters did not blink uh-huh. and he was like yes I want to call or whatever I like anyone who gets aggressive with Alexis Guerrero yes. I'm, I'm fully in favor of him he kind of he kind of silenced him. That's that's no mean feat right there. <laughs> so I think if he can silence Alexis Guerreros, that means he could probably silence some Canadian opposition. Yeah, and 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 yet, and then to your initial point, what we saw from him in Dusseldorf, he puts out fires. He can knock people off the ball certainly, but then he fits in with their tactical system of sometimes he drops Dusseldorf's. in. Yeah, so as like a left center back, so then the left back can go forward. But then other times he's a number eight. Other time he sits in and plays as a number six. He has a good relationship mm-hmm. uh, with those around him in the midfield, and I saw more diversity in. His his game uh, from that Derby uh, win over Colton, 
and it did make me more excited to have him in this roster as well. So we're very happy mm. that Alfredo Morales um, is on this roster. We certainly are. Um, anyone else worth talking about there? I guess Brooks were happy to see. Mm. Christian Pulisic is an obvious inclusion, right? And obviously the form he's in, that's a reason to maybe be excited about mm. Pulisic's inclusion. Just Sargent. Yep. Um, it's Sargent and Zaydez, right? We don't think Altidore is going to be healthy. Mm-hmm. We don't think he's going to be healthy for MLS Cup and we doubt he'll be healthy for US Men's yeah. National Team. Brian Schmetzer said that basically it's like the last game of the season. It's the biggest game of the year. So they expect Altidore door to feature somehow that oh, said so maybe Toronto I, have him on the bench as yeah. a like maybe late game changer maybe maybe yeah. yeah that said I think Greg Vanny said it's very unlikely Josie Altador said it was very unlikely so we shall see yeah. but even with that said even if he does play if it's like 15 minutes or 20 minutes at the very end when Toronto are trying to make something happen I don't know if that then means and now going to national team camp and start yeah. against uh against Canada I mean I'm I'm a big Josie Altador admirer mm-hmm. I think he's our best striker even yeah. with all the excitement about Josh Sargent I don't want to half fit Josie Altador no. I want Hundred percent fit Josie Altador or no Josie Altador? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so I agree with that. I don't know if I agree with the inclusion of the player we have listed as number nine because I keep uh, keep forgetting him. The ninth <laughs> player included Tyler Boyd. Yeah. So there's a quote from Bell that yeah these nine players are included because um, they're playing well for their clubs. Mm-hmm. No, he isn't. No, he's no, not. No, he isn't. Well, one, he's, mo- he's mostly not playing yep. for Besiktas, and two, he played what a Europa League game against mm-hmm. Braga. We went back and watched. It was a rough old performance from Tyler Boyd. It was. Since the last international break, uh, Beshtash have had four games, three in the league, one in Europa League. Tyler Boyd has only played that Europa League game when it seemed like they were sort of resting some starters. They're bottom of their group. They have not won. They're not doing well in the Europa League. So that seems where they're sort of like, all right, whatever. We'll just put some guys in to give other guys breaks. And then when we saw him play, with that said, he was trying to take the opportunity, it seemed like. We yeah. saw the kind of pace that he brings, the intense pressure, the like defensive shape, but we didn't see the killer first touch. We didn't see really I mean, incisive it, attacking It killed play. a lot of Besiktas attacks. That is true. <laughs> and, we, and instead, we saw him be a little bit hesitant at times. There's the one where he ends up hitting the post, which seems like it's okay. Like, oh, he's involved in the attack, and he gets a shot off, and he hits the post. Like, ideally, that goes in, but at least he's there. But if you watch it, it's like a defensive miscue. He runs through in a misjudges when the ball is going to bounce and then he has to like stop and wait for it to come back down before he can try to loft it instead of powering through and getting his timing proper so that was upsetting but more upsetting was that it felt like his control was loose and when he would retain the ball using his speed he would then sort of do a lot of different things every single time so it, it, it never seemed to me like he was like oh he's been told get down the wing beat the defender and cross the ball in or cut inside or like move inside and help with possession he seemed to be doing various things at various moments which to me means he wasn't doing any one thing particularly well he looked like he was running around kind of confused yeah yeah and he looked, whenever the ball came near him he would rely on uh pace to make up for heavy touches yeah yeah and, and, and then he'd just be like using his pace to take him into areas he didn't plan on going yeah. into it was just wherever the ball went mm-hmm. he would run after it and and to your earlier point about chase gasper like i wasn't so pumped to see him i wasn't not pumped either i was just like oh okay and watching him yeah like it raised my estimation a little bit whereas with tyler boyd i was sort of like okay well he played this one europa league game let's see if we can find some positives and really it was tough like he has yep. as i said he, ru- he runs really fast to get back into position. He runs really fast to help like draw defenders out. But aside from that, I didn't see much to justify this inclusion aside from he's in the group now. Hey, Daryl here jumping in with a possibly interesting update. While we were recording this episode, Tyler Boyd was playing for Besiktas away to Braga in the Europa League. Um, he started on the left wing, not the right wing. And he has himself a goal. They're currently losing 2-1. But Tyler Boyd scored a goal where he arrived on the right side of the box, faked like he was going to shoot, cut back, and then finished near post with his left foot. 
It was a nice finish, but in the build-up, he had one of those miscontrols we've been talking about. And I've, I've since like, watched chunks of the game just to see if this was maybe a Tyler Boyd extravaganza, and I'm afraid it wasn't. There are still the same things we've been complaining about were happening in this game away to Braga. But he does have the goal, so at least there is that. Uh, okay, so before we get to an ad break, yeah. I want to just focus on Tyler Boyd for maybe another 30 seconds. Sure. Um, I feel slightly embarrassed about how excited I was mm-hmm. about Tyler Boyd when he had those initial yep. Gold Cup games. Um, so I guess and my question way, is... By the way, we were. I appreciate okay, you yeah, saying that, but it was definitely both of us. <laughs> my question is, um, who's the real Tyler Boyd? Is it that like he's... Would you like him to stand up? I would like the real Tyler Boyd to stand up. Like, is is he that exciting player that Top we were goal. we were all really pumped for um, early in the Gold Cup, or is he this guy who just looks not good enough to play for Besiktas? And the Besiktas yep. coach seems to agree. A bad Besiktas at that, by the way. Right. Um, or is he just someone who's had a little downturn in form and, and there's good stuff around the corner? I'm going to say, similar to what we were talking about with Christian Pulisic yesterday and how you've got to have a little bit of belief to find that form. And then once you have that form, if you continue to have the belief, you continue to play well. It does seem like Tyler Boyd was a very central figure for Ankara Guju, who was maybe told, like, just go try stuff. This is the other Turkish team he was yeah. on loan to last season. Yeah. And now that he is maybe give, being given more specific instruction or is trying to find his way in that Besiktas team, he's some not, of that... He's not the top banana. Yeah, and as a result, you're not seeing that level of like I'm just going to try stuff and make stuff happen instead it's like oh I hope this works and instead of like being determined in your action if you're hopeful that your action works right there you're sort of (laughs) not having the belief that you need to make things occur but that's never gonna happen for the US then right he's never going to be the guy that we say hey you're the main man go do everything no so he's more going to be the trying to he's going to fit in start on the wing cut inside shoot with your left foot oh I'd also say that like I think you maybe made this point when we were just chatting off air earlier that in this possession type team, yeah. the guy with the bad first touch yeah. is not necessarily the guy you want, right? If we were a sit deep and counter attack type team, then Boyd's pace and some open space would be a pretty deadly combination and it would create chances, right? But maybe he's wrong for our current setup. Who is the Dusseldorf executive that came in and talked to us for a while that I hope to have on the show? Lutz, I cannot remember his, his last Lutz, name. I can't remember his last name either. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll put it in post. We won't. Uh, <laughs> oh, we will. His name is Lutz Fannenstiel, and he's the managing director of sports at Fortuna Dusseldorf, and he's famous for building the scouting setup at Hoffenheim that discovered Roberto Firmino. But like, <laughs> but basically, one of Dusseldorf's like executives, uh, his like sporting director, was talking to us about the way he evaluates players and how yep. he kind of looks at scouting. Two things that he said that really stood in my mind. One was like, you can't really just trust locals or people who have a vested interest in that because they have a personal interest. Like, And if you're not trusting yourself, you're listening to other people. And the other one was just that you've got to see what that player brings and how they fit your system and your style and the little moments that you see that you can then like see as like, okay, that's the seed that could be planted that could lead to that player really fitting in. And I tried to use both of those in looking at Tyler Boyd, Mm. and I didn't really see it. To your point, like, if you're trying to play a possession, like, quick build-up, quick passing, that requires better control, and it doesn't necessarily mean that you need really, really, really fast, wide players. You need players who can be in the right space at the right time and be technical enough to help facilitate attacks. I don't know if Tyler Boyd is either one of those, which again has me confused as to why we're seeing more of him than we are other players who could be playing there. 
I think Jordan Morris will start. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, all right. Before we talk more about this roster mm-hmm. and the exclusions, there are yep. some exclusions to definitely mm-hmm. talk about, including Mr. Octavius. Um, <laughs> today's show is sponsored by HelloFresh. Mm-hmm. HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. They give you easy seasonal recipes and pre-measured ingredients delivered right to your door. All you have to do is cook and enjoy. Mm-hmm. So, like, maybe if you were going the cooking model of Tyler Boyd, you're just going as fast as you can. You're trying to make it happen. You're just kind of throwing <laughs> stuff around. You lose an ingredient. This one, you put in too much of this. You end up with a product that's okay, but it's not quite what you're going for. Yeah. And then the reverse of that would be, but maybe you're a little bit too prepared. You're a little bit too concerned about everything. Now you're slowing everything down. Now it's taking a really long time. You don't have either one of those concerns you, you with HelloFresh. Exactly. <laughs> with HelloFresh, you can easily uh, prepare your minutes or your meals in just minutes. Minutes, 30 minutes to be precise because you've got seasonal recipes, pre-measured ingredients delivered right to your door. It all happens so easily to make it all very simple. The best part of it is it all mm. comes in the box with the recipe. So it's not as if they're sending you like 20 ingredients one week, <laughs> nine ingredients from Europe another I mean, week. Why would you do such a thing? You've got, we've got about three ingredients are busy this weekend, but mm. we might include them on Monday. No, all in one box. All the ingredients you need, as we said, pre-measured with the recipe cards, you cannot go wrong. And speaking of those recipe cards, you're not going to have any head scratchers. You're not going to have any like, two-star ingredients that maybe just fit because <laughs> they're part of the plan. No, 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 my friend. It is more five-star recipes than any other meal kit, so you know you'll get something delicious and exciting and not uh, disappointing and sad. <laughs> it's also nice and flexible, mm-hmm. so you can add extra meals to your weekly order, as well as yummy add-ons like garlic bread and cookie dough. What roster, even a U.S. Men's National roster, wouldn't be improved by garlic bread and cookie dough. Uh, if anyone was wondering, yes, that was from the copy because I've never heard Daryl say the word yummy until this very moment. And... <laughs> oh, all British people use it. Oh, you do? Yeah. All right. That's good to know. <laughs> uh, and it is worth remembering that our listeners for a limited time only can get nine meals free with HelloFresh. You go to HelloFresh.com slash TSS9 and enter the code TSS9 to get nine meals free with HelloFresh. So it's HelloFresh.com slash TSS9. Think of it like a number nine. Imagine Josh Sargent delivering yeah. your meals and enter the code TSS9. Sounds good to me, my friend. Thank you very much to HelloFresh for sponsoring today's episode. Before we get to exclusions, we should quickly hit on uh, the players who will be participating in MLS Cup, and thus we're not included in the initial 20-player roster. We're not included in the nine-player roster today. The most likely names that we've kind of seen in the past, and thus our precedent, would be uh, Michael Bradley, Jordan Morris, Christian Roldan, and then the question marks would be Josie Altidore and maybe Omar Gonzalez. Yeah, so Altidore's a fitness issue, Mm -hmm. right? And I think I've already mentioned this. If he's fully fit, perfect. Put yeah. him on the men's national team roster. If he's not, don't. Yep. Right? That's my that's my uh, preference. Omar Gonzalez, I think, is an interesting one. He okay. wasn't included in October, right, mm-hmm. against Canada or Cuba. Uh, but the the naming of only four centre backs total between yep. the twenty man MLS camp and the nine Euro base players, and one of them being Tim Ream, who may get shunted out to left mm-hmm. back. It kind of, and Matt Miazga not being included, that's one of the things we didn't talk about. It suggests to me that there's a chance we see Omar Gonzalez called up after MLS Cup. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's possible. Like, I, I just, I don't really know one way or the other, other than to say that it will make people's uh, heads fall off. I, I feel very confident yeah. in saying that it one. It just has too many own goal. <laughs> yeah. 
October 2017 Kuva um, feels about it. Right? Yes. So maybe Omar is included. I, I'm guessing that the first three I listed are the ones most likely to yeah. make it. Bradley, Morris, and then Roldan. Roldan would be a bit confusing, though, because as we said previously, we've got a friend of Morales who can play the, ten, er, for, play the eight. We've got Weston McKinney who can play the eight and also the ten. So to bring in another number eight like and not have him in the camp where you're getting all the reps, it would make sense if Christian Roldan were in the 20-player 20, 20 camp and had been training and getting the repetitions and was like getting even more familiar with the system, but to kind of bring him in after MLS Cup along with all these other players, suddenly it makes less sense. You, especially if someone has to miss out, right? But the Euro, they're not going to name any of the Euro players and have McKenny or yeah. Morales miss out, right? I would, I would assume that. No, yeah, so it'd be interesting to see. Or it may be that we just get a bigger than 23-man roster yeah. on the Monday and you have... Because Will Trapp was like on the bigger roster but not involved in the last yeah. two games, right? So we could end up with something like that. More likely is Roldan plays because Roldan seems to keep playing under yeah. Berhalter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, if, if and if you're someone who doesn't want Michael Bradley or Christian Roldan to be playing against Canada, then the best you can hope for is a big 50-50 in MLS <laughs> Cup where they both get sprained ankles. Yeah, I mean, that is worth noting. <laughs> like, it's a big game. Injuries can happen. Maybe there's fatigue. There's victory parties. Maybe some of these victory players parties. don't make it. But my guess is, as we said, of the 25 are going to go to the U23s. So you've got 15 there. You've got the nine Euro players coming in. Now you're at 24. And I'm going to guess three players from MLS Cup. You're at 27. Maybe it gets pared down a bit more from there. But I'm going to yeah. say that's where I'm comfortable leaving it in terms of how much we want to kind of limit this roster size. Yeah, that's fair. All right, and can we just say, very excited for Jordan Morris to be on the roster, given his recent yep. form. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he is he is a bright spot in what has been a not bright year mm-hmm. for the U.S. men's national team. Uh, and that extends to the frustration people have felt with the players who haven't been included. Yes. We've alluded to a few, we've kind of mentioned a few, but not really hit upon them. Let's go to some of the omissions, starting with Matt Miazga, a player you mentioned previously. Yes, yeah, so as I understand it, there's no injury. He played there's, this weekend. There's just, played for Reading this weekend, there's mm-hmm. just Matt Miazga is not in the preferred list of centre-backs. I'm going to assume based on the only addition is John Brooks is now mm. healthy. So it seems that John Brooks has knocked Matt Miazga out of the U.S. men's national team roster. Yeah. yeah. I, I think if you're going with the like left center back play with a left foot, right center back with a right foot, and then the depth chart there, it seems like it's John Brooks with Tim Ream behind him. And then the right side maybe is Aaron Long and Walker Zimmerman right now. Yeah. Uh, and and then, I would guess Long is ahead of Zimmerman in terms of yeah. um, who Berhalter would start. Yeah, yeah. And I think also, I think the point that you made previously was about Long's speed, making up for the lack of speed from, say, Tim Ream. Yep. I don't know how fast John Brooks is compared to Aaron Long, but I'm going to guess Aaron Long is faster. Long's faster. Yeah. And when you're up against, uh, what, Jonathan David and Al- Alfonso Davies, uh, those are two quick guys. You'd, I think Aaron Long has to start this game yep. just because you need someone who can go pace for pace. Do you yeah. have any concerns about that? Because it's like Aaron Long has been in the camp all week. Now you bring in John Brooks. They don't have much familiarity. I don't know if they've ever played together for the national team. Do you have any concerns about the two of them not having the chemistry you might want? Yes. Okay. It's the very short answer. <laughs> there we yes, go. I do. There we go. <laughs> so that does make me confused as to why we didn't see Matt Miazga. We assumed he would be in there yeah. when we kind of also, came up with our 10. He, he also was, didn't start against Canada, right? This so is true. definitely a clear thing of maybe this isn't the guy to face the pace. Yeah, I think I think uh, the point you made uh, in previewing or reviewing, or maybe both of that of that game, was that it seems like Tim Ream is the one that's trusted, or at least was trusted in that squad, to be the kind of ball-playing center back to have the ball at his feet, and then Aaron Long was there to make up for his lack of speed. And so I think if you're going with a not exactly pacey center back, it seems like Matt Miazga is behind Tim Ream and then also behind John Brooks. Yep, Yeah, that feels about right to me. Um, the other bigger absence, the one yep. I disagree with the most, yep. Dwayne Holmes. I agree. There is no Dwayne Holmes on this roster. I agree that he's not there, and then I also agree that it's a problem. Yep. I mean, I really feel like the, the way that we said Alfredo Morales 
brings a bit of fight. Mm-hmm. Dwayne Holmes brings the same fight, yep. same energy, and a bit more sort of creativity and forward movement with verticality. The ball. Yeah, verticality. Like he, yeah. he. One of the things that I didn't always love so much about Gasper, and again, comparing a central midfielder to a left back is not fair. But there are a lot of moments when Gasper, I felt like, could go forward and instead just sort of like, oh, there's pressure. I'm turning around and playing it backwards. With Dwayne Holmes, we routinely see him under pressure, turning and trying to move the ball forward. It's not a lot of square passes or drop back passes. He seems to try to create stuff, even with limited space and limited opportunities. He still is trying to make things happen in the middle, and that's something I want to see from yep. the U.S. central midfield. I, so, what, how is he behind? Is he behind McKenney and Morales yeah. and Roldan, or is he behind Pulisic and Lejet? Or I guess the answer is. All of them. I think it's all, all of, of the above. I, right? I do. I do think so because it seems as though uh, from past press conferences, Burhalter sees him as more of a ten for the U.S. than as a number eight. We know Christian Pulisic is Which I still disagree more. with because he's played yeah. every like this week past weekend. He played right wing for Derby County. Mm-hmm. He's played number eight as like part of a two man defensive midfield, but getting forward yeah. for Derby County. He's played number ten for Derby County. He can really play any midfield position. I, uh, what if I'm. Maybe I'm like reaching here, but if I'm trying to see what Berhalter's talking about, my guess is that for Derby, we see Dwayne Holmes as a more like mobile but further forward like midfielder. That, yeah. Like not to say that he's like a forward or anything like that, but he seems to be more involved in the attack. Whereas a thing Berhalter has talked about with Weston McKinney is his ability to like stay deep but then arrive late and contribute to the attack that way. And maybe with what Dwayne Holmes is for Derby, Berhalter sees that as being more of a number ten for the U.S. Whereas he wants a kind of like ranging number eight who can be be physical, be defensive, but then arrive late to help facilitate further attacks. But Dwayne Holmes could do that. That's my argument. He absolutely could. I really would love to have a, a long conversation with Behalter about why he ranks Holmes behind I'm sure he would players. be just as excited <laughs> to have that conversation as you. <laughs> the sarcasm in, your, sarcasm in your voice tells me other ones. Oh, you got that? Yeah. You got that, did I you? Did. I yeah, so I think Dwayne Holmes was the one who we were both looking for once yep. that list was released. To not see it there was uh. a little bit sad. I did have that like slight, I knew it was not going to happen. I was 100% sure it wasn't going to happen. And yet, part of me was still like, but maybe Tyler Adams? Yeah. But maybe Tyler Adams? So Tyler Adams is back training with RB Leipzig, has not even made the bench yet. So it's fair that he's not going to play international football. Tim Weyer, still not back with Lil. So Tim Weyer, still injured. That's why we're not seeing him. And then obviously there are no none of the other like usual suspects when it comes to players that Twitter wants to see included. So no, say, Julian Green, no Andrei Novakovic, that type of thing. No big surprises yeah. uh, on that front either. Anthony Robinson, I'm sure, will be named to the U23 squad. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Um, okay, so... The big question is why. Mm-hmm. Why like, People are going to be very confused. It's, we've spent like 29 minutes explaining what's going on here. There's a 20-man camp that's mm-hmm. been going on. There's nine Euro-based players that were named today. Um, and then there's the guys from MLS Cup that could be added to the roster afterwards. Right. Why didn't U.S. Soccer and Greg Berhalter just wait until Monday, name, 23, name a 23-man squad, and do it like normal? I don't know. Like, okay. That's really my answer. I do not know. I've tried. We've talked about this. It, it doesn't make that much sense to me. The only I, I have th- some ideas. The only thing I can guess is that you want the 20 there who are domestic, not doing anything else, so we'll have them come in. So they're available, basically. Yeah, they're available, but yeah. we want to get them as many reps as possible. We want the system to be much more fluid. Mm-hmm. That We don't want to see as many, like, the actual wheels in the brain turning. There's actual wheels in there. I don't know if you knew that or not. Yeah. Like, that's the way it's been at times. So I think if you get players more reps, more time together, the idea is then that maybe they play a little bit faster, a little bit more fluid. But then so you, you, uh, said, you said, I don't know, but that is the reason, well, right? I The reason is he wants this, like, uh, almost more club-like atmosphere or club-like amount of time he gets to spend with players. Oh, yeah. 
And this was his opportunity to get hold of the 20 MLS players who are out of the playoffs and so basically available and spend a load of time with them working on the system. Yeah, that's what he wants to do. I don't understand the nine players today. That's the thing that's throwing me because it's like. If you've got the nine who you're announcing today, but then after the weekend, we're going to know which of the MLS Cup players are going to be fully fit and ready to go. So then you're still going to have to announce that, or you're still mm-hmm. going to have to announce the final roster or the final rough squad. So why not just wait until after the weekend? Because there's also a chance that maybe one of the, one or two of these players picks up an injury, That's true. and now Dwayne Holmes is included. Yeah, Let's cross some fingers there. But then you're sort of already showing your hand that, that, that he wasn't down, in that initial That roll down Bradley 50-50 could lead to yeah. Dwayne Holmes' but do, you, but do you see what I'm saying, though? That like if if... That, like, if Dwayne Holmes had been included, like, if they hadn't done this nine, and then Dwayne Holmes is included in the one next weekend, like, after yeah. the weekend, if somebody's hurt or whatever, then you and I are like, oh, Dwayne Holmes is in there. Okay, he's in the consideration. But now we know he's not. Like, yeah. we know categorically that he's not included. So I don't quite get the nine So, today. so we would have known that he didn't make the first exactly. round of cuts, right? Yeah. yeah, I agree with that. I think naming the nine today is, I you may as well have just named them. On Monday that with the final the, I don't know, then. 23. Yeah. yeah. Okay, but the thing I'm really interested in mm-hmm. is this 20-man camp. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a reason to have the 20-man camp to work with those players. But to your earlier point about Brooks and Lung, it doesn't help the chemistry of the two centre-backs, no. for example. And it may prejudice Berhalter's selections yep. to give favour to the guys that he got to work with in the 20-man camp when the only reason they're available is that they and their teams have failed to make MLS Cup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and aren't in Europe, for uh-huh. example. So you're literally taking the least successful of the available U.S. men's national team players because they're not in Europe and they're not in MLS Cup, getting them in a camp and teaching them your system. Yeah. I mean, again, like, yes, I understand how that makes sense on paper. But then you look at the names that you've brought in, those nine who are going to be coming in. Most of them we would expect to start at least one of these games. Of those nine, several of them could be, like, outright starters like against Canada. But then on top of that, I, th- I look at players like Michael Bradley or – Specifically, Michael Bradley as a player who, if you're, is probably going to start as that number six, but has been a problem, especially lately, yeah. and his lack of mobility and his lack of kind of defensive pressure and trying to kind of put out those one v one fires. You would expect that top you geometry have, though, top geometry. Yes, that's true. But if you had him as twenty one players, I know you can't because Toronto are in the final. But like, you could give him more repetition so that he kind of gets oh, like oh, okay, I've got to change this approach. Okay, I've got to do a little bit more of this to kind of have these twenty players having this camp, and then Michael Bradley comes in and it's like. Like, oh, Michael Bradley, just play exactly the way Jackson Ewell was, who is younger than you and more mobile. It's not going to work, and it's going to be problematic yeah. in my mind. But what if Ewell's been killing it in the camp, but yep. then he's just replaced by yeah. Bradley? Yeah. yeah. But then at the same time, like to see it from Berhalter's perspective, mm-hmm. um, there is an idea that maybe he's just doing things differently to how it's been done with U.S. soccer in the past. He realizes that the, the way he's trying to get the team to play uh, needs a lot more time spent with players. It needs to be a more club-like atmosphere. So why not call up 20 players and have extra and spend extra time with them? And yeah, it's not the ideal number of players that you want. It's not the ideal uh, list of players that you want, but it's the available players. And maybe we can make enough progress here that will sort of produce a good performance against Canada. Can you see I, yeah. him thinking that? Yes, I yeah. can. I, I, that's like devil's advocate. Yes, that makes total sense as to why you would do it. My concern there is that it means, I think necessarily it means that Berhalter's perspective is the problem is we haven't had enough reps. Yep. And once I get everybody more do you reps, plan a better. Yeah, and it's 
been almost a year now. Like, we have had lots of opportunities for this team to know how you want them to play, and it does feel like this is more of do plan A better. Yeah. And, and, and so giving players more time in camp to figure out some of the rotations, that's great. But, like, I, it's the Michael, Michael, um, Michael, Mike Tyson quote of, like, everybody's got a plan to get punched in the face. Yep. When Canada overwhelms you. Yeah. When, when those vicious Canadians overwhelm you with four central midfielders and you're trying to play a 4-4-2 and, like, mark zonal space. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if that works as well. Um, to do a bit more devil's advocate, I do quite like that the guys included um, who will be with the U23s mm-hmm. were included, right? I yeah. like that McKenzie's getting to play with the senior team. I like that Aronson's mm-hmm. getting more experience with the senior team. Same for what? Uh, Mihailovic, um, Ibobasi, and yeah. Jonathan Lewis. I feel weird about Jonathan Lewis. It seems like Berhalter likes him but refuses to call him up for the senior team anymore. Yep. <laughs> I mean, maybe he it's just for... keep, He kept coming off the bench and providing assists, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, we liked what we saw from him. It, I was okay with him being included. I would be okay with him being included now because the other thing is the wide attackers we talked about already like they're not uninspiring but they're certainly not they're like okay but that's where the attack is going to come from yeah, yeah. Jordan Morris has been excellent aside from that it's Corey Baird it's Paul Ariola. Uh, it's Tyler Boyd. We've discussed him already. Yeah. Like, like I wouldn't mind seeing some other opportunities, some other players given other opportunities. Even Dwayne Holmes. Like, why not put him out wide? He can See play what he can right do. wing. He absolutely yeah. can play right wing. Mm-hmm. Okay, I feel like we've exasperated ourselves. We've explained as best we can the complicated process that U.S. soccer is going through. Here. Yes, you think that's fair. I think so. Yeah, I think it is. All right. Uh, can you, I before we? Yeah. Move, what you, you Were you going to move on to the U.S. women? I was going to move on to our Fubo ad read and then the U.S. women. All right, let's do Fubo first, and then I have one, a couple more things to say about the U.S. men, and then we can go to the Fubo. Or then we can go U.S. women scouting. That okay. Work? So as you I may, think I got us there. <laughs> as you may have deduced, today's show is sponsored. <laughs> By Fubo. Uh, Fubo is the only streaming service that is soccer-focused. How do you think people figured this out? We've got some geniuses listening to the show. (laughs) Fubo is Mm. the streaming service that is soccer-focused. It's soccer-first. It has all kinds of channels, including ones you didn't even know existed, like TUDN Extra 5. No way. What about 11? (laughs) Do they have 11? They do have, they have Goal 11. TV. They have Goal TV. They have Bean Sports. Yeah. They certainly do. They so have. We, we took a look at, mm-hmm. or Taylor took a look mm-hmm. at the listings on Fubo because you can also just click yep. sports, soccer, and you'll literally see all the soccer that's available via yep. your Fubo app or wherever you're, wherever you're watching all it. All the soccer. Like you've got all the U17 World Cup games, but yep. I didn't include None any of, the of them ones? because I'm not going to be watching any of them because instead I'm just sad. Um, but yeah, Saturday, uh, 9.30 in the morning, you've got Schalke v. Dusseldorf. That's the a classic particular interest. No, not no, the classic Schalke Dusseldorf is a of interest to me because if you recall I was asked when we were in Germany who's the German team that I support and I was like I guess maybe Schalke but I fell into the trap of like because they have a bunch of Americans after yeah. that Dusseldorf game I may be a Dusseldorf fan so this could be this could be the decider for me. You chose that over De Classica because it's McKenny Morales. Well, that's also later on. Okay. Uh, uh, De Classica is at oh, twelve thirty in the afternoon. Sorry, speaking of fifty fifties, like uh-huh. the Roldan Bradley one, yep. there could end up being a McKenny Morales fifty fifty. See, and we lose all our Euro base number eights. Let's not let's not talk about that. Let's yeah. instead just say yeah, Schalke Düsseldorf nine thirty Saturday on FS two and TUDN twelve thirty in the afternoon. Deck Classiker Bayern hosting Bruzy Dortmund. That one's on <laughs> FS two. So it will be uh, the new the assistant coach uh, Hansi Flick mm. will be in charge of Bayern because Nico Kovac is is gone gone gone. Isn't that also uh, Harvey Weinstein's uh, like pseudonym? 
Hansy <laughs> sa- Flick? It sounds like... No, it's Hansy more... Hansy Flick. It's more Louis C.K.'s... Uh, oh, well, that's it. Yeah. Well, then, uh, Sunday, let's move swiftly on. 11 a.m., Liverpool v. Man City. That's on NBC, SN, and Telemundo. 2.45 in the afternoon on Sunday, Marseille-Lyon. You can watch that one on BN Sports 4. You B- can watch... Is it BN Sports 4? Of course, it's BN Sports like 15. And then you can maybe watch 15 minutes of that game to get you ready for Seattle v. Toronto. That's at 3 p.m. Eastern on TUDN. Sunday evening, the U.S. Women's National Team. You can catch their game against Costa Rica. That one also on to UDN. All right, that'll be the second game of uh, the Vlatko era, right? We're about to talk about the first game of the Vlatko era. Mm -hmm. But before we can talk about that, we have to talk about the fact that if people would like to get Fubo and get it at $10 off their first three months, they can do so by going to fubotv.com slash T-U-T-S-S. That is F-U-B-O-T-V dot T-S-S. Nope, didn't even get there. Fubotv.com slash T-S-S. How about that, Derek? I will definitely put the link in the show notes. (laughs) It's fubotv.com. T-S-S-Fubo.com slash debt. No? Don't confuse our listeners. <laughs> listen, listen up. It's FuboTV.com slash TSS, mm-hmm. and you get $10 off each of your first three months um, on the Fubo network. There we are. Uh, Fubo, you also get the 500 hours mm-hmm. DVR. You can watch it um, like via Apple TV or Roku or Amazon Fire. You can watch it on your laptop, watch mm-hmm. it on your iPad. You can watch it on your phone. It gives you access to all the games everywhere. It is magnificent. It is magnificent indeed. So thank you very much to Fubo for sponsoring today's episode. Uh, hopefully the U.S. will be magnificent against Canada. The only other thing I wanted to get to before we move on to the U.S. women were just yeah. some like little things that I'm going to be paying attention to that like I'm going to be thinking about in the lead-up to that game. Uh, I would like to see if we have abandoned the left-back becomes the left-center-back. Uh, position. Yeah, I mean, the Gasper inclusion and the obviously mm-hmm. Dest inclusion, which we're excited about, um, indicates that we might do that. There we go. And the, the lack of centre-backs outside of Tim mm-hmm. Ream suggests that he'll be a regular old centre-back. There we are. Speaking of Serginho Dest, I would like to see where he is deployed. Is he a left-back? Is he a right-back? Is he on the bench? Is he a winger? We'll find out. Uh, do we get overwhelmed in the midfield again? And how does Burhalter's system adjust to deal with that, or mm-hmm. if it adjusts at all? Oh, Canada's box midfield that they put up against us. Yep. Yeah. And then where does Christian Pulisic fit into this, and how comfortable does he look playing more central? Because we talked about on yesterday's show playing wide it seems to really be working for him at Chelsea and kind of suits what he wants to be doing but at the same time he starts wide and drifts infield for mm-hmm. Chelsea whereas in the Belter system he'd start wide and stay on the touchline there's right? that yeah. there is so that. maybe ask Ariola to do that right. um, we can get deep into all these questions as that game gets closer right this game mm-hmm. is it's a week on Friday so we're still a week out from this this sort of <laughs> the, really the Bearhalter Decider era for me and you <laughs> the right? Bearhalter Decider era yep. yeah, sorry the Bearhalter era Decider game I know what you for meant. me and you I know what yeah. you meant uh, by, by the way, don't try to hone in on, on my uh, on my territory, which is mispronouncing things and mixing up words. That's mine, Daryl. You can't have that. Uh, but <laughs> I don't w- want it. <laughs> but what we can do is talk about the U.S. women's national team. Their inaugural game under Vlatko Andonovsky yep. uh, is this evening, Thursday yep. night. Thursday night against Sweden, mm-hmm. 7.30 on Fox Sports 1. It's mm. the start of the Vladko era. He kind of had to wait for the send-off series to finish, right? Yes. And now he's got to get ready for the Olympics. Olympic qualifying does. is late January, early February. Mm-hmm. The Olympics are in August. He hasn't got long to get ready. He doesn't. Uh, he so, hasn't. He does have Ali Long in the squad, I believe. <laughs> he does not have Crystal Dunn, Alex Morgan, Kelly O'Hara, Megan Rapino. nor does he have Ali Krieger and uh, Tina Davidson. They're both injured. That's just a mix of injuries and sort of, isn't it? There's a, yeah. a CB a um, enforced mm-hmm. uh, rest period exactly. for certain players. Yeah. You got it. I mean, so, Crystal Dunn was saying she is exhausted after yeah. the NWSL Championship game. It right? makes sense. Yeah. She was good. Not playing as a left-back helped. So the interesting thing will be, obviously, what? how does this team play under under Vladko? I'd be mm-hmm. interested to see the sort of setup he goes with against a really good opponent in yep. Sweden, right? Mm-hmm. The Costa Rica game, not so much because it'll be the traditional walkover. Yeah. Sweden, right? the, I think, ranked number five in the world right yeah, now. So it'll so, be yeah. a nice, tough game for the United States. I'm more interested in the players he's called up mm-hmm. that weren't 
regulars under Jill Ellis. Mm-hmm. So who we got there, Tyler? Uh, the one that is most interesting to me is Alana Cook. I was reading an ESPN article. I don't know much about her. Nor do I. Nor does Vlatko, I would assume, because she's the only player that he has never coached or coached against mm. uh, because she is playing for PSG, I believe. Uh, so he doesn't have much familiarity there. That feels like one where either that was already in the works she was going to be called in or he has seen something that made him think, yes, this is going to work. Okay. Uh, that one made me excited. Alana Cook. Lynn Williams being included alongside Jessica McDonald, who yes. was at the World Cup. We didn't see very much. You talked about this after the NWSO Championship yeah. game, right? That you would love to see them perform together for the US. Yes. I thought yeah. Lynn Williams was excellent for North Carolina. I think she's an excellent uh, soccer player. I think the same with Jess McDonald. So seeing them both in there uh, and hopefully Jessica McDonald more involved, especially with the absence of Alex Morgan, that's got me uh, pretty pumped as well. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got, what, Imani Dorsey? Yep. I do not know much about her, but mm-hmm. I'm excited for any new names, basically. Yep. Yeah, just to, to take it. And Aubrey Bledsoe. Aubrey Bledsoe, we would expect to be competing uh, in the goalkeeper position yes. for the Washington Spirit. Uh, a, lot, a lot of people think she was the goalkeeper of the year in yeah. NWSL last year, but just wasn't in the... Essentially, Jill Ellis chose her keepers and said, we're sticking with these keepers mm-hmm. all the way through to winning the World Cup. I'm not going to mess about. And in the yeah. end, Jill Ellis was proved right, right? That it was good to just like stand by your three keepers and say... These are my players. Yeah. Um, so, well, you're two keepers, really. And there was just about room for France, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, um, and with, with Aubrey Bledsoe, I should add, like, one performance does not a U.S. Uh, like national team career make, but it helps make an impression. Uh, my wife and I went up for a D.C. United's game at Audi Field against Orlando City. Aubrey Bledsoe made that result happen. She saves one off the line that she has no business saving. Her reflexes were excellent. Her positioning solid. She shut down some breakaways or some, like, like clear-cut chances for Orlando. Uh, so I was really excited then. She started on my head. So to see her get more and more and more attention to the point where now she's included uh, another one who I think could be destined for big things. Then we also have Margaret Purse mm-hmm. and Andy Sullivan is the yep. player I'm probably most familiar oh, yeah, with. Maybe, she could too. maybe alongside Lynn Williams, the player mm-hmm. I'm most familiar with. Um, I've seen her play for the Spirit a few times. I'm always impressed by her sort of control of a game. Yep. She seems to be like a, a player who can control a game with her passing. So mm-hmm. possibly an inclusion at the number six type position for Andy Sullivan. Yeah. I guess we'll I guess we'll see tonight. We certainly will. Yeah, we and I'll have a review tomorrow morning, not with Taylor, because you'll be leaving on a jet plane. Um, we'll have Jeff Kasuf. I don't know when. I'll be back again. Yes, I do. It's Monday. <laughs> exactly. We'll, um, we'll have Jeff, Jeff Kasuf mm-hmm. to review the game with me on Friday morning. Uh, two things for uh, fans to watch out for on the U.S. side. Uh, Vlatko, it seems, likes the 4-3-3. Sometimes go with the 4-2-3-1 for Seattle, which, you know, the 4-3-3 is what Jill Ellis uh, employed in the World Cup. So it seems like that will kind of blend in well, but we'll see if there's any experimentation because with Tierna Davidson missing you have like fewer center back options just julie earth's drop in occasionally all things that we'll soon find out uh and then for sweden worth noting they are without a few of their stronger players as well caroline seeger the long-standing captain not included nor is neela fisher linda sembrandt or uh, ellen rubinson okay but let's talk about who is included because there will. are certain players that we were impressed with um at the world cup and there'll be players for people to watch out for tonight that is all true i'm not going to talk about any of them i'm going to talk about hannah uh, benison who i knew nothing about except to say that she's a 17 year old who's never been capped before but she's being brought in as like the next generation of Swedish attackers. Interesting. Because so many of these players are the like 140 caps and 20 goals or something yeah, yeah. like that. So to see her as kind of the exciting potential introduction, uh, I don't know if she starts, but I would guess maybe she gets a couple minutes. And so keep your eyes on Hannah Benison. And two players I remember from the World Cup are Jakobsen. Mm. She won number 10 at the World Cup on yep. the right wing. I thought she was really impressive. And of course, Kos- uh, what's her name? Kos- Kosovari Aslani. Kosovari Aslani, mm-hmm. the yep. attacker, also worth keeping an eye on. Absolutely. She's the was at least the creative fulcrum.
Lilkrum scored some big goals for Sweden was an ever-present threat, and how the United States nullifies her, contains her, uh, will or be, doesn't? We don't know how this or is doesn't? Go. Yes, yeah. that's another one to keep an eye on. What, for are, sure. what are our initial impressions of Vladko, the new coach? I've heard nothing but positive things right? across the Same. board. I've heard all the players that have played for him absolutely love him. He's basically just top to bottom good guy. Yeah, and I and I which think makes me really happy. It makes me really happy, and it makes me really happy because. Most of the descriptions, maybe all the descriptions I've seen, there's not a lot of buzzwords that that like always stands out to me is when it's like, oh, you know, he's he's a great tactician, and you know, he's he's like always striving for improvement. Like, just those are sort he's of a like, lifelong learner. Yeah, it's like uh, I'm always suspicious of that phrase. I don't know about that one, but yeah, hearing about like little moments of like, oh, he did this in training that brought this player in, or he made this fun, or he like found a new way to get something out of this player. Like, it's all kind of personal anecdotes mm-hmm. that connect to how he's a good coach, not just generically. Yeah, he's a good coach. It's going to be really exciting. New era, hooray! Uh, so I think uh, I am. I'm pretty excited to see him uh, get off to a flying start. Hopefully against the Swedes. I quite like that it's a decent test in his first game yeah. as well. It's not. I'm, I'm glad it's not Costa Rica first. I mean, I think he maybe would prefer Costa Rica <laughs> first, but yes, I think the point. Um, all right, so that mm-hmm. game to look forward to, and then a review on Friday morning. Mm-hmm. Taylor, final thing on today's show. Yes, sir. The Total Soccer Show Scouting Network. We have, I'm eyeballing it, I'm going to say about 10 reports to read today. That could be. Starting with Ryan Marzak, who is mm-hmm. scouting Josh Onamar, the 22-year-old English midfielder for Fulham. Ryan says the English Modric, I think we, he might have fallen away from that now. Slightly. The, the English Modric has appeared regularly over the past month for the Cottagers and has handled his first league start, was handed his first league start mm-hmm. in a draw with Middlesbrough. Unfortunately, he was on the pitch for only 19 minutes and was sacrificed, seems extreme, after goalkeeper Marek Rodak received a red card. I mean, I hope not like actually sacrificed, but if we get more reports, then we know it all I is okay. take everything literally. <laughs> uh, Ryan Marzak, again, uh, scouting Pione Sisto, the 24-year-old Danish attacker for Celta Vigo. Uh, not, not great reports from Ryan uh, this time around. Nothing good for uh, Sisto. He's only made five appearances this season, all as a substitute, logging only 47 minutes and recording only two shots. Sisto has to be regretting turning down a move to Aston Villa over the summer and now has a big hill to climb with Dennis Suarez locking down the left wing for Celta Vigo. Josh Dola is scouting Blake Bodderly, the 21-year-old American midfielder for the University of Washington. Mm-hmm. Josh says Blake Bodderly has been the go-to man. Eight goals and five assists for the number one ranked Washington. Four of his goals have been game winners and he's provided a few game winning assists as well. He also is in charge of the free kicks and penalties which are both ways that, he's, both ways that he got his brace against San Diego State mm-hmm. and was twice named the Pac-12 Player of the Week. Mm-hmm. Daryl, have you ever been named the Pac-12 Player of the Week? Not recently. Okay, not recently. That's good to know. I do spend a lot of my time on the East Coast. (laughs) It would be strange if you were. Let's just get you thrown in there. Why not? John Fernandez scouting Borja Mayoral, the 22-year-old Spanish striker on load at Levante from Real Madrid. Borja scored for a second straight game with a beautiful goal from the top of the box, curling away from Marc-Andre Ter Stegen's right hand in in Levante's shock 3-1 win over Barcelona. Uh, It's his second game-winning goal in a row, with last week's goal versus Sociedad being being decisive in Levante's 2-1 win. Patrick Delaney is scouting Aaron Connolly. Do you remember Aaron Connolly? Mm -hmm. 19-year-old Irish forward for Brighton. Patrick says Aaron had four shots and nearly scored a nice one in the top right corner in his fourth Premier League start, eighth appearance overall, in a 2-0 win over Norwich. Aaron also made his Ireland debut against Georgia on October 12th as a sub in the 79th minute. Elijah Cool scouting Gabriel Martinelli, the 18-year-old, I'm going to say Italian striker, I don't know, for Arsenal. That was not included in the scouting report. I want to say Brazilian. I'm going to very quickly look it up while you you 
Uh, Martinelli scored uh, two goals and put in his penalty in Arsenal's 5-5 shootout loss to Liverpool in the EFL Cup. I don't really think Argentina when I think uh, Arsenal. So yeah, you may have a point there. Or, excuse me, Italy when I think Arsenal. Uh, his first goal came from a rebound off a, the Liverpool keeper that he blasted into the top right corner of the net. His second goal came from a low-driven cross from the left courtesy of Saka. His penalty was also well-placed as the keeper guessed correctly but could not make the save. He's Brazilian. He's Brazilian, as is Kennedy, being scouted by Calvin Mm -hmm. Derleth. Kennedy, the 23-year-old Brazilian left-sider for Hetafe. Calvin says Kennedy scored his first goal of the season this weekend, thereby giving Hetafe a 1-0 win over Celta in the process. He pounced on a mishandled pass by one of the centre-backs and slotted a tight shot into the far corner of the net. Well done, Mr. Kennedy. Well done, Ben Richards, for scouting Efren Alvarez. That can't be as fun as it might have been at one point. 17-year-old Mexican-American attacker for the LA Galaxy. Alvarez in enjoyed a modest amount of playing time with the Galaxy's MLS side this past season, making 14 appearances for starts uh, in a league for a total of 518 minutes, during which he tallied three assists. He did not take part in the postseason as the Galaxy released him to join the Mexico U-17 squad at the U-17 World Cup, where he has scored three goals and assisted a further two as they've progressed through the tournament. Yeah, they did they just win in the round of 16? I believe they did. Ooh. Over Japan, I think you said uh, Kin- earlier. Kinto Partido? Ish. Um, Ish. Guy Yedwab mm-hmm. is scouting Serge Gnabry, the 20 23-year-old German wide forward for Bayern Munich. Guy says, Matt Herman's bright spot of Bayern Munich started as the lone striker in place of Lewandowski during Bayern's pokal match against two Bundesliga relegation candidates, Bochum. Uh, Bayern trailed early due to an Alfonso Davies' own goal and only one... More of that. that. Only once Gnabry returned to a natural winger position was he able to score an equaliser to keep Bayern's cup hopes alive. He also featured in their 5-1 loss to Eintracht Frankfurt which spelled the end of Niko Kovac's tenure at Bayern. I am familiar with that game. I'm familiar with that game too. Uh, so thank you to everyone who sent in those scouting reports. We appreciate all of the many, many updates. Uh, Daryl Grove, I also appreciate you for being here today to talk U.S. men's national team, even if it's slightly frustrating at times. Why is it frustrating? Uh, because the U.S. men's national team is a frustrating experience right now. I see. Yeah. Well, we're hoping it gets better. You can only hope it gets better, right? I think that's the official branding of the U.S. men's national team right now. Hoping it gets better. <laughs> it's supposed to be one nation, one team, but yeah. yeah. Oh no, we are the future. Fingers crossed. We're hoping it gets better. <laughs> All right, lots more men's national team next week. Um, MLS Cup preview uh, coming Friday, as well as a US women's national team versus Sweden preview. Uh, Taylor and we hope Joe Lowry mm-hmm. will be in Seattle and we'll give you an on-location MLS Cup review That's on Sunday or Monday. And then we're back in business and we'll do the build-up to USAV Canada all through next week. Until then, I'm going to say, Taylor Rockwell, thank you for taking the time to talk to me today. Really got you, buddy. Listeners, thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you again very soon. 